Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Kelly Lynch Feldkamp, founder of Provention Plus, about working with companies to help prevent on-the-job injuries. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Kelly Lynch Feldkamp, founder of Provention Plus. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate your time, and I'm happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And um, before we start talking about preventing injuries on the job. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Prevention Plus. Absolutely. Um, a little bit about myself is that I've kind of been obsessed with movement for a really long time. I just think the body's fascinating and how it works. And so that led me down a path in college to go into kinesiology, study of human movement. And from there, I really didn't know where to go, <laughs> to be honest. Personal training, I did a little bit of that or a lot of that actually. And that was great. And then I had an opportunity to work in an industrial setting with the idea of, hey, stretch some people out because you know the body so you can stretch people out. And I thought, okay, sure, I got this. I stretch people out every day with training so I can do this in an industrial setting. And then I started realizing the questions I was getting from individuals were about things that you can't traditionally stretch. My knee hurts. What do I do there? My ankle is bothering me. And I thought, there's another way. And so I started looking into a different path. And my path that I found was to do physical touch, manual therapy. So I went through massage therapy training and I started that right way. So now I've got exercise background and, and manual therapy background. And that led me down the road of where Provention Plus came into play, working with industrial um, settings, in industrial settings to prevent strains and sprains, injuries that occur from overuse, overexertion, repetitive motion, things like that, that can be actually prevented or at least severity reduced through the proper movement, proper mechanics, and honestly, manual therapy and exercises. Yeah. How long have you been doing it? I've been doing it for about 20 years. Oh, wow. So yeah. So um, it's been, it's been part of my world for a long time. Yeah. So how did you kind of, uh, well, I guess you sort of told me a little bit, but, you know, working with businesses, how did you kind of start, you know, with that, you know, was there, was there a lot that, you know, sort of businesses didn't realize about injury prevention that you could kind of, you know, work with them on? Yeah. And I think 20 years ago, it was a little, it was even kind of crazier. Mm. I actually got an in through another company that I was working with. Again, the the original point where I was doing the stretching, they were doing chiropractic care, which was fantastic. So they were a lot, they were helping their, their uh, athletes. I call them job site athletes. Sorry, we'll get into that. But um, they were helping their people with chiropractic care. And since that wasn't in my scope of practice, I was like, I needed a new method. And then when I started that, I'm like, this is my way in. And I was working in within uh, warehousing, working within construction. And I, and I got this, this bug that just said, hey, there is a missing piece here that the companies are not seeing and how they can help their, their employees. If an employee doesn't know how to avoid injury other than to lift in the exact proper way all the time. Like this is great information. We should all know how to properly lift, how to move well, but in dynamic work environments, particularly in something like construction, you have to move quickly and you have to get the job done quickly. And you're, they're all going to do the job they need to do regardless of what kind of stress that puts on their body. So my goal has been to shift the conversation about the people that are working. How can we educate them well? And how can we educate the employers well that there's more that can be done for the individual to mm -hmm. avoid these injuries? And obviously, like, especially in construction, there's just things that happen that, you know, you're not prepared for. You, you can use proper technique, but, you know, if something falls on you or if you, you jerk the wrong way, uh, you know, you could be in a lot of pain. 
That's it. And that's one of the things that I, I kind of, here's an example that I kind of go to. Let's just say you and your, your work partner are carrying something and the, they drop it for some reason, God forbid. Well, you took that load and now you have an injury probably possibly as well. So the question is, is there a way to prepare our bodies for things that are on un, those unexpected things? And the mm. answer is actually yes. I'm not saying you can prevent all injuries, but if we can get our bodies moving in all of the ways they're meant to move in, a, in and feel healthy in those motions, they can take a bigger stress load. In addition to the movement being an issue, it's also general health. Mm-hmm. The healthier we are, the more, better we take care of ourselves, um, the less likely we are to get injured. So there's a lot of education, but also I'll say this, it's not that people are just always, it's not that people always disregard those factors. It's often that they don't know that really what to do. They don't know the answer. Okay, sure. We all know we're not supposed to have a ton of sugar. Oh, sure. We all know all of these X, Y, Z. But the reality is when I have conversations with individuals, it, the messaging is very confusing. So they think they're doing the right thing, but then they're, they're drinking something and and they haven't looked at the back of the label to see that there's 37 grams of sugar in it. They're like, Oh, but this, it's a juice. I'm good. Yeah. And you're like, wait, let's have a conversation because you have diabetes and because blah, 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 all these things. Or like energy so, drinks or yes. coffee, too much coffee, right? You can get dehydrated. Which leads to recovery and leads yeah. to the ability to go to sleep at night. So you've got someone who's taking their their last um, Red Bull or Monster at like 2 p.m. And mm-hmm. at 9 p.m., they're they're exhausted, but they're, they can't go to sleep. And then you've started the cycle again the next morning when they wake up at 5 a.m., and right. they're, they, they're tired to begin the day. So it's just this yeah. back and forth. So it's a lot of conversations with individuals, t- conversations as groups, um, and just, again, changing the culture of the go- the men and women that are, that are have been in the industry for a long time who are like, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned it earlier, but what uh, use the term job site athlete. What is a job site athlete? Okay, so t- about 20 years ago, I heard the term industrial athlete. And to me, as I heard it, I was like, yeah, obviously, these people are moving all the time. It, 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 athletes move all the time. Uh, these people are being paid for their their physical output. That's the same as athletes. This all makes sense. So I threw on job site because I'm on job sites a lot. So that made sense. Mm-hmm. So job site athlete, industrial athlete, really interchangeable. But anywhere where there's a lot of manual labor, a lot of movement required for the job, quite frankly, we're going in a lot of different directions where we have um, – technology coming in to help us with a lot of things, ergonomics coming in to help us with a lot of things. But I don't see it changing from the actual manual labor for quite a while. So we've (laughs) got to keep our bodies in shape. And one of the ways athletes do it with a lot of help and a lot of money (laughs) is that there is someone or a team of someone's who help them prepare their body, who help them Mm -hmm. eat the right things, who help them get all the recovery they need, make sure their sleep is on point, make sure they're getting their cold therapy, hot therapy, but you name it, they've got it. I'm not suggesting that every single athlete or every single job site athlete gets this, but I'm saying that we could start to have them understand that the inputs affect the outputs for them and that they can feel better on the job and off the job if they're, if they kind of start to look at themselves in that way. So not only am I trying to teach the job site athlete that they are an athlete, which, you know, some might be like, yeah, right. I'm not an athlete, but I'm like, but wait, really look, think about what you're doing. Not only are you like an athlete because of the movement requirements for your job, but one of the things that makes, takes you away from, um, the, the kind of rest than a real, a true, uh, like a professional athlete gets is you don't have off season, right? right? You don't have like, you have maybe job rotation, but you don't have like the actual like days off. We're going to give, 
we're going to give LeBron James two days off right now because we really want him for that big game on Monday where mm-hmm. like, I'd say, yeah. Okay. John, he is one of the best like layout guys we have. So here's what we're going to do. He's going to get a half day Wednesday. He's going to get off on Thursday. So Friday, he is just ready and raring to go, right? So this thing's not happening. Again, not Mm -hmm. suggesting that they should, but is there a way to kind of play into this a little bit where not only foreman and superintendent are thinking about it or the the managers are thinking about it, but also the individuals are like, hey, maybe we can figure out some conversations about task rotation right now because we've got a lot going on. Our schedule is like crazy. How can we make sure that we're taking care of our guys as best possible? So again, thinking about it from an athletic standpoint for both craft manual laborers and those above. Um, Have you had to, you know, when you talk to sort of leadership at businesses, explain, you know, is that concept been kind of tough to explain to them or, you know, are they starting to get it now? I think they're starting to get it right now. I do think also the truth of the matter is, they're, they either get it or they don't, you know, it's kind of, it's really like, I, I've found the difficult, I get a hit by like a, no, not for us that I'll hear a lot. And that's okay. Cause to be honest with you, I can't come into an, an organization and make shifts and changes. If the, if the up high leadership is like, no. Yeah. So, cause there's no buy-in. If there's no buy-in, guess right. what? That, there's absolutely no way that job site athlete is going to come in to see us or participate in what we, we provide. So I'm okay with that. But though those that are open to it are really understanding, like if we don't take care of those people that are, are, our teammates, our, our producers, we don't, we don't have a business. And with less and less people getting into manual labor jobs, our manual labor uh, athletes are getting older. And as we get older, there's more and more, we're at more and more risk, particularly if we haven't taken great care of ourselves. There are plenty yeah. of us that are in our forties that have, are physically well and, and healthy and not taking a bunch of medications. But if for the last 20 years, we have not been taking care of ourselves at all or thought about it, our bodies are in a little worse shape. So, and those are partic- particularly the people that are really good at what they're doing because they've been doing it for so long. So I know our companies are going to hold on to those folks. Problem is that there's that higher risk for injury for those guys in, in particular. Yeah. So when you start working with a company, how does it how does it work? Like how do you what do you sort of do when you get in there? Yeah. So we first always look at what the company has. So again, whether you're in a warehouse floor or you're out on a job site, do you have any sort of stretch and flex, any sort of group warm up in the morning, right? And after lunch, hopefully, two of them would be super. More is better. Um, well, we look at what they've got, take a look at it from the outside before we even step foot on the on the on the job. And then what we'd like to do is reinvigorate the stretch and flex because a lot of times what we're seeing is just static holding of stretches. So 10 seconds here, 10 seconds here, hold this, hold this. Additionally, one of the things that we see, we see um the group comes together. The 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 safety talk is done for the morning or the, the morning meeting is done, and they're like, mm, Sam come on up and leave the stretch and flex. And Sam is like, oh, okay. I don't like to talk in front of 200 people, 10 people, 20 people. So this is crazy. So it's done in like 42 seconds, right? right. And then everyone's like, great, let's go to work. And 
So this is our opportunity to try to reinvigorate it a little bit and say, hey, it's about move. It's about movement. It's about preparation for work. It's about warming your system up so you're ready to get into those positions that you won't necessarily think you're going to have to be in. So we take we, we elongate it a little bit. We're still only about se- five to seven minutes. It's, it doesn't mm. take a lot of time, but it is. How can we move the bodies in all the ways you, you'll likely move during the day and then take it a little bit further? No pain. Always. I always say, think about how your dog and your cat stretch all the time. Do you think they do it because it hurts? No, they do it because it feels good and they're doing it all the time. It's how we are meant to move our bodies as well. So that's kind of the the, the starting point. Mm-hmm. While we're doing the warm-ups, we get an opportunity to kind of take a look at everybody and see what's happening. So I get to see what's happening with all the folks and say, oh gosh, you know, I really want to see a little bit better of a squat from that person. Cause I know they're working down on their hands and their knees throughout the day. Or I know that this person has to do overhead work and they can't even reach above their head right. without a grimace on their face. Right. <laughs> so those are things that we're taking into account. And then we have this amazing opportunity to work with individuals one-on-one. So in 15 minute sessions, we get each, uh, each, athlete that's interested because it's a voluntary program to come in, we get to do an assessment with them. So we're finding out how they move. We're finding out what their job description is, what they have to do all day, what they're doing outside of work as well. Previous injuries, all of those things come into play. And we're talking about movement and injury reduction. Then we get to do manual therapy. That's when we get hands on, get to assess what's happening actually in the musculature. Then we do movement therapy, exercises, stretches, depending on the person, maybe even breathing exercises. And then each person gets ex- uh, homework that they have to go home with. And it might be something they're doing in their car. It might be something they're doing in the morning. It might be a breathing exercise, whatever it takes at that moment for that individual. And then they come back and see us in a week, in two weeks regularly so that we create a relationship with them. Because obviously 15 minutes is very short, but mm-hmm. we're looking at hopefully seeing them again and again throughout the project, throughout the the however long they're working with the company so we can build on what we see each time, make changes when necessary, and really empower these athletes to take care of themselves. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole process really. So, you know, if they're obviously it's voluntary. So like when folks come to you for, for help, I mean, are they typically receptive to what you're offering? I mean, seems like if they, you know, they want to be there. So that helps. I, I love this question because it's it's kind of funny to think when I have to really sit and think about the people and it's, there is, let's say it this way, 10% of the people, if I offered any sort of program, they would say, I'm in, sign me up. I want to see what's going on here. Then mm-hmm. there's about 10% who are like, I don't care what it is. You might offer me lots of money um, and all of it. And they're still going to say no. Cause they're like, man, I don't want, I don't, I'm scared. I, not that they would say they're scared. They would just say, no, I'm good. Yeah. So what my focus always is definitely get those first, those 10% because they're going to, they're going to be my champions. Right. But right. it's that middle group that I really want to get in. So the, the issue there is that 10% that's in they're they're helping, but also it's the managers. It's, it's, it's knowing that it's acceptable for them to come in, participate, get the benefit from the programming. As long as they know that they're not getting in trouble, that they're, that, right. that it's, 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 it's accepted, not only accepted, but encouraged. Then it's, then it's, look, the first week we come in, we've got a, a group of job site athletes and then the rest of our slots are filled up with people that work in the office. By week two, a little less office. By week three, mm-hmm. it's all craft and then beyond. So it's like, it is, it's a pro, I always tell people, you're looking at the first month of, of to be where we work in and 
gain the trust of the individuals that are on the job site or in the in the factory because you need that time. It, yeah. They can't just they're not gonna most of them are not just gonna come in blindly and say, all right, yeah, what do you need to know about me? Here it is, and and what do you want me to do? Sure, I'll do it. It takes a minute. <laughs> and they probably want to see other people doing it first and 100%. kind of saying it's working, and then they kind yeah. of. Yeah. sheepishly like with like with anything new right yeah. that's exactly what it is there's yeah. an embar- there's a level of like uh, i don't want to be the first and also potentially a level of embarrassment also there's a potential yeah. of like i'm scared because i don't feel great and what if they know that right right because i yeah. would be honest with you there's a lot of folks out there in manual um labor that accept pain as a part of their job and it's just what it is. And they're like, I'm fine because this is how it's supposed to be. I need to go lay down on the floor when I get home from work yeah. for an hour before I do something. And that's okay. So my job is to not say, hey, you're hurt. Go see somebody. My job is to say, hey, what can we? What can you do for yourself so that you actually feel okay when you get home and you pick up your three-year-old or you can play football like you would like to, that kind of thing. Uh, are you seeing a sort of generational thing there where you know older folks are kind of – more of the, you know, I can just grin and grit and grit my teeth and bear it. And, and then the younger ones are kind of like, this really hurts and I want to get it taken care of. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it, that's actually a pretty good explanation of it. There is, there's a lot of guys who will literally look at me and they're in their fifties and they're like, I'm, I'm too messed up. No way. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right. I go, well, then what could you lose? By trying. That's my way in with that. Because usually there's always there's always something we can do, even if they feel so messed up. And for the younger guys, what I'm seeing is there's there's a group of them that are very much into how they feel physically. Exercise is important. All of these things are happening, even with a manual job. So this is wonderful. So I work with them in a little different way. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing at the gym? Let's talk about this because you can hurt yourself that way too. So let's make mm-hmm. sure we're doing this in the most effective way. We're not going and necessarily needing to do power lifting or necessarily needing to, you know, work your biceps for four hours. Like, let's talk about how we do this and what's going to be most effective for job and life outside of the job. Right. But it is, there's a little bit of a generational thing. Um, but then I'm surprised sometimes when some of the guys that are in their sixties are like, I'm in, get me, what, what do we got? You know? So it, I'm surprised each way, but there is definitely, you see that where there's just an exception, a, a, um, acceptance of I'm messed up. It's okay. We're good. Mm-hmm. We'll talk later. <laughs> um, talk about soft tissue injuries and what, what causes them. Yeah. So that's what we're, uh, the goal overall is to prevent the soft tissue injuries. These are injuries that occur to any soft tissues, for example, muscles, tendons, ligaments, things like that. They most often occur from a term called overexertion, or it's basically like kind of overextension, basically getting your body into a position that's again, not used to being into also repetitive motion. Those are the, those are the top reasons for these injuries. Um, and so much of that is preventable. Again, if you've got a muscle that has moved through all of the ranges, it's more prepared for what's going to happen. If you have a muscle that's hydrated, it's more prepared for that. If you have a muscle that has been fed good things, recovery is easier. If you're getting sleep, recovery is easier. Every time we go to the gym and lift weights, we damage our muscles. Through sleep, through proper you know, protein intake and proper eating, we recover those things and we get stronger from it. So there's a way to do manual labor in a better way if we know it. So that's the idea. How do we prevent those injuries? Those injuries that are occurring in so many industries and from a company standpoint are very expensive. So an average soft tissue injury is about 34,000. That's direct costs. And then you look at the indirect of like rehiring and all of the things that go along with that for a company. But from a 
from like a, my standpoint, looking at the individual, they can be, it can go from a little irritating to absolutely devastating to your life, right? Yeah. Something that you have back pain now and you have it for the next 30 years. And every time you sneeze too aggressively, your back go quote unquote goes out. Yeah. That's the stuff that we're trying to prevent from happening. Mm. And, and, and it's possible. Um, so let's talk about that. What are some strategies to prevent injuries on the job that you kind of offer to, uh, to these job site athletes? Yeah, generally speaking, here's, here's the biggest thing that I think about with movement. The biggest thing I think about is consider your day, consider your activities. What are they? Are they pretty repetitive? Are you in one position for a long time? Take those movements that you're normally doing and see if you can move in a way that's opposite those movements, opposite and easy. So for example, if you're lifting a drywall all day long, often I find people will lift it with their right hand down and their left hand up and they kind of lean to the right, lift it up, and then they put it down the exact same way they picked it up. So for me, that exercise for that individual would be doing the same exact motion without the drywall, but to the left. And that's your movement pattern. Now you're going to do that like 20 times per day, but it's going to take you about three seconds each time you do it because I'm not asking you to do 20 minutes at the end of the day to your, do your exercise. You're getting those movements in throughout the day. We're looking for more balance. If you're bent over at the waist all day long, we're going to have you stand up periodically throughout the day and do a, what's called a back extension or just pushing your hips forward a little bit and leaning your upper back, um, your, your back backwards a little bit, right? <laughs> With It's hard to say without having a video, but um, you're again, looking for opposite movements more often for more balance in your body. That's like from a movement perspective. Another thing we always talk about is hydration. Hydration is important. Um, if you are working particularly in a hot environment, there might be a need for electrolytes. We talk about that. There's a lot of electrolytes on the market right now that are just full of sugar and full of fake colors and all of this garbage. And so my idea is if you're going to have it, let's see if we can do it in a healthier way. And if you can't grab it from like something that you've bought, like there's ways of doing it with just the right salt at your house. Like you can create these things. So it's talking about what options are for that. And then on a greater scale and doesn't happen in the first visit because it's a lot is general health. So we just talk about those general health standards from the sleep to what are you putting in your system in terms of food? Are you having that monster late in the day? Those sort of things have, but we meet people where they are because if you're having four Coca-Colas in a day and I, and I, Kelly comes in and says, don't ever have soda again because it's terrible for you. Do you think they're going to listen to anything else I say? Right. No. Right. So I'm going to offer options and ideas of how you can make changes. So that's, that's, that's my like kind of, it's broad, but it's like, I want to give as much information as I can in the right timing. And so it starts, always starts with movement. What's something I can tell you that will make a change that you'll feel a difference. And then maybe you can come back and listen to our team on the other things we have to say as well. Makes sense. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this, but what industry tends to get the most musculoskeletal injuries? Is it construction or are you seeing it in other industries as well. Yeah. So construction is actually not the highest, to be honest with you. I think they're pretty concerned with it because the cost is a lot for them. Um, they have so many workers, but the, actually the highest ends up tends to be in transportation. Hmm. I think one of the reasons there is if you think about, especially let's go with truck drivers for a moment. Right. Um, you are sitting for long periods of time. You have lots of times to eat, drink, do like have those unhealthy habits, maybe even smoking, things like that. Then you're going to get up and you're going to immediately start moving some things, moving some materials. So that's one of the reasons why I think that's highest. I can't say that's exactly what it is, but that's my intuition. Sure. Another one, another industry is healthcare. Patient handling is huge. 
it's yeah. a it's 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 a wild scene. We've got a lot of individuals. Again, the environment of the for the worker is not awesome, meaning they work strange hours. Also, there's always food around. If you walk <laughs> into any hospital, it's yeah. it's 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 kind of off-putting for me as a healthy individual looking to do healthy things. I was in the hospital. This is a quick example. I was in the hospital for having my baby, my last baby, and they gave me a breakfast that had 52 grams of sugar. I was, <laughs> I was out of, I, I couldn't believe it. And, and that's just what the patients are getting. And then I looked around as I was walking around because I like to move. I'm walking around. They're like, who, what is this lady doing? And as I'm walking around and I'm seeing like every workstation has like donuts, donuts yeah. you know, it was just, it, so the point is they have bad probably sleep habits. They're sitting hunched over doing their notes all day long. And then they have to go quickly move somebody. All of these things yeah. set them up for these injuries. So yeah, construction is an industry that has a lot of musculoskeletal disorders, but it's, it's wide ranging in the reasons for other, other industries as well. Um, so, you know, you said you've been doing this for 20 years. Are, are you seeing attitudes towards, you know, sort of healthier lifestyles and, and, you know, sort of, getting in better shape? Are you seeing those things kind of improving or is it kind of still the same as it was when you started? Sadly, I would say it's not that it's getting worse. I would say we're almost dividing in like a shaped graph where the ones that are thinking healthy are going healthier. The ones that are not thinking it, it's not that they're thinking I'm going to be unhealthy, but their options are so much worse. So they're just getting more unhealthy. So as a general society, that's one of the things that I see is like, I really see people getting into their health and trying to do all the right things. And then I see individuals that are just like, they have so many other things on their plate. They, they don't want to think about it. So, but they, then they go, Oh, I'm going to do the right thing. Um, look, Oh, this box of cereal says the American heart association says it's good for me. <laughs> Lucky charms. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So it's and like, then they're yeah. having like Taco Bell for their fifth meal uh, at like 10 o'clock. A hundred percent. So, yeah. so it's funny because there's many that will try and they think they're doing the right thing, but the information is so confusing and convoluted and very difficult to understand. So they may think they're doing it right. And in essence, they're actually doing it very wrong. And so again, getting the right information can be helpful for them. But so I, 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 I wish I could say that we're all getting going down the right path, but unfortunately I see us actually moving as a society towards the wrong path because our options, the food tastes so good. That's not really food. And so, the, and you can eat <laughs> yeah. so much of it without getting full. So you, we have just uh, uh, so many calories coming in and our movement is getting less um, for most people. And as technology comes in, this is a good thing for many of us to, many of the manual laborers to move a little less or get a little help with things. But if you ask me, there's almost a perfect job out there. It's going to sound crazy in terms of movement. Think about the person who's doing the FedEx or UPS delivery, mm -hmm. Amazon delivery. So they're sitting for a little bit. They're moving for a little bit. They're walking. They're maybe running a little bit. There's like, there's this full day of they're activity. Lifting. They're lifting, they're yeah. carrying. And if, if all of those things are done properly or your body is prepared for all of those things, you can't really find a better thing. It's like how many micro breaks of movement in a day can we have? So if you're a sedentary desk worker, I want you moving like 10 times a day. I don't want you to not be getting work done. I want you to be effective, but you're going to be more efficient if your mind is working better. And if you've been sitting punched over a screen for about four hours, you're not. That there. would be me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Because all day long, you're just sitting at your computer. So it's like, how yeah. many micro breaks can you take? Does that mean you get to stand up and walk for five minutes? That's great. Does it mean you just stretch for three minutes or move your body for mm. two minutes? Take a breath whatever it is, because we're here and we don't breathe. We like, like that. <laughs> so it's just making, again, it's doing the opposite of what you have to do all day. That's where you get awesome. your biggest bang for your buck. 
Well, Kelly, this has been great. I could probably talk to you for another hour, but uh, that would be inefficient. But, <laughs> but thank you so much for, for joining me. This has been awesome. That's great. I appreciate it, Jay. And we'll just have to do it another time. <laughs> Absolutely. That wraps up episode 195 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.